Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. So today I am going to talk about episode number 51. Um, honestly, right now, I don't even have a title. The title will come to me, but it's episode 51. And basically what we're going to do is we are going to talk about a couple different things that are super true for me right now. And the reason why I use the phrase, what's true for me right now, um, before I was able to get on the, I guess, mic, you could call it. Um, I was waiting for dinner to get done and I was fully embracing demon trying to lick his nose off in the background, but I was fully embracing just watching um, a Katrina Roof video on my phone while dinner was cooking because I really couldn't do anything anyway. The babies wanted to snuggle. So I'm like, okay, cool. We'll snuggle and we'll watch a Katrina Ruth, Ruth video at the same time. Two birds, one stone. Awesome. And she was talking about discipline and the flow and it was amazing and I loved it. All 30 minutes of it was literally amazing. And so she used the phrase, what's true for you right now? And I was like, oh, that's a really great phrase. So of course, me, the queen of phrases, you know I love a journal prompt, you know I love a phrase, you know I love a word. So that is literally on my mic right now. So in regards to this episode, the reason why, if you're listening to the stuff live, the reason why I skipped last week's episode is for the life of me. I could not figure out what was true for me. I didn't have a phrase or a mantra or a mindset or anything to kind of recenter myself. I have been lucky enough that podcast episodes just seem to come to me. Or another thing that I've done in the back in the past is if there's something in my head where I'm like self lecturing in my head as if I'm talking to a third person, which now that I say that out loud makes me sound a little crazy, but bear with me, I promise I'm not crazy. So if I'm like self lecturing or like, oh, if I was blank, I would do it, blah, 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 blah. When I have those types of thoughts, I've learned to harness them And say like, okay, well that clearly would make a really good podcast episode. And then I have been lucky enough to turn them into podcast episodes. Well, again, I couldn't seem to grasp what was going on in the background of my brain to try and make an episode. And I guilted the shit out of myself. But I'm not here to talk about the guilt or any of that. I'm here to talk about what is actually going on. So again, what Katrina Ruth said, what is true for me right now. What's true for me right now is it is January 19th. It's nine something at night. I'm recording the episode. And the past day, week, probably 12 days, let's say, I have been doing nothing but cleaning. Like, again, we probably could already put two and two together that clearing the clutter means I like to clean. I like to organize. Pinterest is like one of my best friends because I love to look at organizing boards and this is and that. So cleaning and clutter and all of that like are always part of my world to begin with but I knew just like I said in last episode not last week's but last episode episode number 50 was starting fresh so I knew that in that episode that I was fully committing to doubling our household's income obviously I know that it's not just me it's a joint effort between me and men so I've been honest about it I've been candid about it I just have to go outside into our is back room and change the dry erase board because it's kind of where like the mantra for the years live. So I just got to change it to double the income, follow the flow. (laughs) But basically I've been cleaning, 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 and I've had this thought about, let me figure out how we can double our family's income for probably a couple months before I was ready to say it, before I was ready to birth it for the lack of, you know, I don't know, 
reference, whatever. So before I was ready to birth it, I had this idea, I had this thought that I want to double our income, I want to double our income. And so I, I let it like, again, marinate in the back of my brain, because I was like, okay, well, clearly, I want this as a goal, I have no clue how to get there. One thing I have noticed, and it was um, recognized by one of my really good friends, Waltrude, she said that every time you clean is probably your brain's way of processing. And she's got to be right, because the past couple of weeks, I have done nothing but like obsessively clean. So there's a section of uh, business papers that I have that they're technically organized and they're binder clipped, but they weren't like organized. They weren't in a binder. They didn't have dividers. They weren't hole punched. So it wasn't to like Maggie's OCD level of this is neat, clean and done. And if I need to reference something, I can reference it in two seconds. So I spent like three hours last night organizing old papers, creating my binders, sharpening my binders. I probably spelt something wrong on them, which I'll get made fun of later, but whatevs. But like I've been cleaning. so. The whole point of this is I've been cleaning, 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 whether it's been going through old clothes and making a box for a donation, or I reorganized our back room because it was just stressing me out. And I grouped a bunch of our stuff together because we like to overstock a little on certain things. So we grouped all that together. I've been trying to keep uh, our truck super clean. I've been, you know, again, I spent three and a half hours organizing papers last night and doing binders and all that. So everything has been about cleaning and the reason why I've been obsessed about cleaning so much is because what I wasn't conscious of is that was my brain's again way of okay well clearly what we've done in the past got you here and we have to acknowledge that right you are where you are because of your past the good the bad the ugly the amazing but if I would like to figure out how to double not again not onesie or one halfie how if I would like to figure out how to double our family's income in one year, which is a huge growth, that's literally, again, double the amount of growth. So if I want to figure out how to do that and not like burn out and not die, and again, Ben does his part and he'll not burn out and basically die, you know, how do we do that? So I've been cleaning and thinking, all right, so I've done this in the past and it didn't work. I've done this in the past and it didn't work. I've done this in the past and it didn't work. And another random story, and I promise I'm getting to the point of all this in a second, but another random story. Yesterday, I had a vendor come to the shop and we were talking about stereos and all that. I spent like 30 minutes talking with them and they probably, you know, there are two guys and one of them is kind of closer to my age and one of them is clearly older. And, you know, he was talking about like what he used to do on his sales calls and stuff like that. And we were talking about binders and keeping things organized. And I was like, oh, basically you're reducing friction. And he looked at me, he's like, what do you mean? I've never heard it phrased that way. And then I went into the whole spiel of, well, the reason why Amazon, and I'll tell all of you too, I might, I don't remember if I've talked about this or not. So if I have just humor me, there's a point to all of this. So one of the reasons why Amazon, the website, not Amazon, the company, Amazon, the website is so fucking successful is because they are masters. Like literally they basically wrote the book on reducing friction. So they have taken an experience of, oh, it's really hard to buy a book back in the days when they, I, again, I was on the internet when they were just a bookstore and I'm like, oh my God, I can buy books super cheap and I can buy them online. Sweet. <laughs> so like, they made friction, you know, something that was super hard back in the day, they made it super easy. And then over time, they've just conglomerated more and more and more into their website. But what they've done is, I call it the three steps rule. How can someone buy from you in three steps or less? How can they take the friction out of something? 
And what I didn't recognize as I'm telling the story to the two vendors that were with me yesterday, you know, we were talking about friction and little sales techniques that we do, you know, that he's done in the past. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally have to implement that. But we were talking about different sales selling techniques that we do for our customers to reduce friction. We do follow-up calls, we store quotes, we do this, we do that, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's why I've been up so obsessed with cleaning. I'm literally clearing out the friction. I think that's what I'm going to do. I might call that this episode clearing out the friction. Maybe we'll see. It'll be a surprise, but I was literally clearing out my own internal emotional and literal physical friction that is going to slow us down and hold us back, whether it's physically or mentally for doubling our income this upcoming year. So how am I thinking that, right? So you might be thinking, okay, cool. I get the cleaning. It is a new year. I get the friction. That's kind of cool about Amazon, but how are you putting the two together? Well, how I'm putting the two together is that I'll give you a really good, clear example. So yesterday with the three plus hours of organizing papers, with us starting the new business with the palm tree business last year, um, a lot of it still, and I've done business before, like I'm really good when it comes to business. I'm not amazing. I know what I'm good at. I know where my lane is. I don't try and pretend to be something I'm not. I don't try and be an expert at something I'm not. But the things I know, I'm really fucking good. And I have no qualm saying that. So I was like, okay. I'm trying to do the same things I've always done. I'm really good at it. Why does this feel messy? Why does this feel vague to me? And I'm like, oh, well, it's not organized. So I had met, and I've talked about this. I met with our accountant, I don't know, in December. And he's like, hey, you know, this is what I want you to do so that when I go to file your taxes, it's super easy. And I was like, okay. And I noticed that when I got clarity, when I... And for me, clarity comes to physical things. So when I got a binder and I labeled the binder, I got the dividers, I put all the papers in there, I organized it, I took it seriously, then magically the business started doing things. We just got uh, our first couple of clients um, doing service work. So again, it was it was a natural progression that if I felt clear on something, when again, it was a binder and some like dividers. Clearly in the grand scheme of things, a binder and some dividers shouldn't make a business. But in reality, the reason why it quote unquote made the business is because in my head, I took it seriously. I took whatever steps were necessary. So for me, it's binders apparently and dividers, but I took the steps necessary to say, Hey, I am fully committing to this idea. I'm fully, (laughs) I'm writing the business in a Sharpie on a binder. (laughs) You can't get more legit than that. I'm not going to do the little insert. I'm not going to do a cutout. I'm using a damn Sharpie. So I was able to physically fully commit to something. I was able to organize it so that when there was a real question, like, hey, you know, a customer X, Y, and Z wants this, how much is the raw material? I was able to go in my binder, reference it, blah, 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 and, you know, do my part of the quote. I was able to take everything seriously. So if I'm zooming out from that one small example, again, well, basically it's the same thing with the whole three plus hours of papers last night, right? So the reason why I spent so much time instead of doing the podcast, instead of doing anything else, but just focusing on organizing papers is because I felt like there was still lingering tentacles, for lack of a better word, from one of our old businesses that we spun down. It's closed. The only thing we own is still the name just because I don't feel comfortable letting that name out into the world again. Like I'll probably own it to the day I die. 
but it still felt like that business was vague and had ten tentacles kind of tying to us. And I'm like, no, this thing needs to be organized. It needs to be clean. It needs to be clear. And it needs to be put to rest fully. So part of that three plus hour extravaganza was organizing old tax receipts from the previous businesses, organizing our old personal taxes, taking things and realizing that I had Again, in a mist to just keep papers together, I had current business expenses tied in with old business expenses tied in with like just junk mail. And I took the time to process it. I, I sat down and I was emotionally, not just emotionally, I shouldn't say that. I was emotionally and physically ready to process everything so I could move forward. And that, if we zoom out to like the lot bigger picture of why Maggie has been obsessively cleaning for the last, I don't know, let's say 18 days, because probably took, no, maybe 17, probably took like one or two days off in the beginning of the year. But why I've been obsessively cleaning, organizing, and trying to rejush everything is because I'm trying to get my ducks in a row so that as we grow, as we scale, as we start to double our income, we can handle it. So... I don't know if you've ever recognized this because I know every single one of you has experienced this, maybe not necessarily with money, but maybe in a different format. But when you have rapid growth of whatever it is, I, I, I don't have the examples perfect, but if you have rapid growth in something, if you're not able to handle it, you'll either do two things. You'll either just fall flat on your face or you're burned the fuck out. And I don't ever truly fall flat on my face. I am willing to damn near work myself to the bone, work myself to death, work myself sick. And I've done that so many times I can't even talk about it. But like I am so willing to work myself sick to handle the growth that it is almost becoming an ingrained default habit. And I know it's not good and I know it's not healthy, especially when we had the motorcycle shop. There would be times and it, it was like clockwork. Every single time we had growth, every single time we had expansion, every single time things were getting better and better and better, I would get the world's worst, miserablest cold. And then because our shop was growing, but yet so small, I really couldn't leave. <laughs> so like one of the times, I'll give you an example. One of the times we were having really good growth, we were going from our second location that we had been in to our third and final location. And it went from like, I think it was like 1,100-ish square feet maybe 15, 13, I don't know, between 11 and 1500 square feet to our last shop was like 3000 plus square feet. And it was on US 19, which is a humongous major road, gets a million cars a day. So our exposure, you know, the front of our store was going to be seen a million by a million cars a day, not just like the plaza that was next to the road. So the exposure and the growth and the everything was huge. We had just gotten a like $15,000 piece of equipment um, that we were going to use for the shop. So again, growth on every level, right? When we were moving from shop two to shop three, I got so fucking sick. It wasn't even funny. And again, it goes back to I created this default mantra mindset, whatever, that it was not part of it was required. Like we had to move. We had a specific deadline and time frame of, yeah, we have to move. But I never mentally or emotionally or even somewhat physically prepared myself for these big jumps. So when this big jump happened, my body couldn't handle it. And I know that that sounds like super woo, but bear with me. The woo side of it was that I never 
figured out whatever it was I needed in that moment in time to help me emotionally grow and be ready for the growth and the abundance that was coming our way. The physical aspect was, okay, well, clearly, you know, again, obviously looking back hindsight, blah, blah, blah. But like I could have, or what I will do going forward is, okay, well, clearly I'm actually doing it right now. So I'm doing it in real life, but clearly big growth is coming. So what does that mean? That means I need to up my self-care. That means I need to be consistent with taking my vitamins every single day so that my immune system can handle it. That means I need to be mindful about my sleep so that I'm not burning the candle at both ends so that, you know, as these abundance, as these amazing things, as these bigger expansive decisions happen, emotionally I can handle it, which again comes with me cleaning like a mad woman. And then physically I can handle it as well, which is getting more sleep, walking around with the puppies, taking my vitamins, blah, blah, blah. You know, those are the things that matter to me. So in the example of what I was saying when we were moving from shop two to shop three, where we had this massive amount of growth and we were so fucking grateful and I was like so joyful and happy and all the gratitude, like I could cry. Um, one of the videos that I did when we were moving the shop or whatever, cause like there was God for a couple days, we would work from about eight o'clock in the morning till about midnight. And we would not, the only time we would stop is to eat. Like, not just, oh, kind of working, like I'm talking back and forth in a car, packing up stuff, putting it in boxes, moving it to the other shop, unpacking it all, putting it all in Demon wanted to be part of the podcast, clearly. But we were doing all of this work. And in reality, what I should have done is, okay, well, clearly we have all this work we have to do. But maybe it means I need to double my vitamins instead of just taking my normal amount. Maybe I need to double it. Maybe I need to kind of reduce the sugar in my system. Maybe that means whenever I can, I need to sleep. Maybe that means there needs to be some crock pot meals ahead of time so that we're eating a little bit healthier. There was things I could have physically done to have supported my body so that my body didn't catch a cold and just completely shut down. So with learning that, a lot of it was unconscious. A lot of it was the past couple of weeks of going, well, we're going to double our income. We're going to double our income. We're going to double our income. I've been saying the mantra prayer, whatever you want to call it over and over again. I'm willing to do things differently. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to be guided. I'm willing to do whatever, as long as it is smart, right, and healthy. What, it, what is it that I'm missing? So I'm having this open conversation with the universe and the universe just kept saying, well, clean, clean. And I'm like, how the fuck does cleaning go with making double my income? Part of it is the physical, so clearly. If I have papers everywhere, if my office is a mess, if my bookcase is a mess, if all of that is a mess, right? Using that as a physical example, I don't wanna be in my office. I don't wanna come in here and work on the laptop, whether it's for five minutes or 15 minutes. I don't wanna sit down and pay bills. I don't wanna get our books to the accountant super fast and easily. Like if my physical reality for me just using it as an example. So enter your own example here. But if my physical reality is so messy and so cluttered that I can't even stand to be in it, how am I supposed to grow? Like, I just, I, I'm not going to. And if I am, I'm going to grow very clunkily. Like, I hate doing shit on my phone. I know that everyone can do stuff on their phone and do Facebook on their phone and blah, blah, blah. Like, I genuinely hate it. I hate typing on a phone. I barely, I use my phone to listen to podcasts and to like read. Other than that, like, I don't even... I would have my phone not exist. Like I leave it places. I leave it in my purse. I leave it in the car. I leave it in my desk at work. Like I am not a fan of being attached to my phone. I love sitting down at a laptop. It, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I'm old school, but whatever, right? 
So if my office, the primary area where I'm going to advertise our business, keep records of things, pay bills, do the actual work, if my office is a hot fucking mess, I'm not going to want to be in here. It's just so much easier to walk past the closed door and be like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. We'll just, we'll just watch some more TLC tonight or a job or a quote or whatever that should take me 10 minutes. In reality, like truly 10 minutes, not exaggerating, like 10 fucking minutes. And that is 10 minutes starting from opening the laptop screen to closing said laptop screen. So 10 minutes, if something could take me 10 minutes, but if my office is a hot fucking mess, I'm not gonna wanna do the work. Same thing emotionally. If I feel like our old business still has tentacles to me, if it stresses me out still, that things are unorganized, if it feels like I never put the business to rest, I never closed it emotionally by having our papers organized, have everything, everything put away, knowing what I'm allowed to throw out and not throw out. So like, it feels like all of this baggage has just come along for the ride. And instead of having a emotionally easier time transitioning into our next business and our next reality into the future, I felt like I had this weight that I was like carting behind me full of like, like picture this me with like a dolly from Home Depot the flatbed one and like 15 totes on that thing. And I'm trying to run with a cart and some totes full of papers. So clearly it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. Yes, I can technically do it, but why should I do it toting this cart full of papers? Why can't I say, Hey, let's let go of all of this stuff. Let me let go physically of the cart and let me just run. So the reasoning why I've spent the last 20 minutes ranting, about cleaning is because for me, and this might not be the same thing for you. So whatever it is for you, enter, you know, X thing here for cleaning, right? But for me, cleaning is a timeless principle that I use to recenter myself. If I am stressed out, if I am overwhelmed, if I feel I need to let go of the past, if I feel I need to get ready for the future, if I feel the need to, to basically just sneeze, I clean, I get present, I organize, I, I, shift my mindset. Sometimes that means I shift my physical reality. I get rid of the old. I make room for the new. Like there's a lot of spiritual stuff to that for me too. Cleaning to me truly is just more than the physical. It's spiritual. So kind of like in the Marie Kondo sense, right? So like for me, I don't, well, let me, let me put an asterisk on that. I love Marie Kondo. I love her thing that talks about, you know, keep what, you know, brings you joy. So same thing. I shouldn't even need an asterisk, but same thing like coffee cups, right? I have a collection of coffee mugs. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. Anything with an amazing phrase, I don't care. I buy it once a year or once every couple of years. I buy the stupidest, cutest Halloween mug known to man and I keep it until basically it's useless anymore. So like I have a thing for coffee mugs. So perfect example. If I'm wanting more coffee mugs in my life, because again, I clearly love them. Like I've been obsessed with coffee mugs for last decade plus. No, probably two decades because I did the same thing when I lived at home. So like two decades, I've been obsessed with coffee mugs. If I don't take out the old mugs, get rid of the chip ones, get rid of the ones that the handles don't work. And like every time I grab it, I burn my hand, get rid of the ones that just no longer talk to me and speak to me anymore. If I don't get rid of that and make room, there's never going to be enough room in my cupboard to have new coffee mugs come in. So there is your analogy. We're using coffee mugs in a, a cupboard, but basically it's the same thing. 
same fucking principles, right? So if I would like to grow our income, if I would like to have more abundance come into our lives for whatever the reasoning, because the reasonings doesn't matter. The reasonings are personal or the reasonings, honestly, it's not even personal. The reasoning is irrelevant. If we want to grow our income and we want to do this one particular number range, whatever, right? If we want to hit that, it would make sense that we follow the same principles as like my cups in a cupboard. If I don't clear out the old mugs, if I don't clear out the things that no longer serve us, if I don't make room for all of that abundance, well, when it comes time for said abundance to come in, then where the fuck is it going to go? You know, same thing. Okay, so let's stay with the coffee mug analogy, right? So let's say I didn't do anything. This would have been Maggie moving between season two and season three is what we used to call it on the shops. Maggie did not make room for said new coffee mugs to come in of abundance, aka moving to a double the size place of a business and having all these new clients come in. So Maggie just said, oh, I want to keep all my old coffee mugs because of a fear mentality that if I get rid of one, I might never be able to do it again. So instead, she kept all her old coffee mugs. So when 30 plus more came in, she's like, well, shit, how am I going to fit them? Okay, well, let me try and stack them. Let me try and do one on top of each other. Let me try this weird rotation system. Let me try if I just close it a certain way, then they all fit. Well, what's going to happen? The next time you open the door, or next time anyone opens the door to get said coffee mug, aka tap into the abundance, shit's going to fall out everywhere. Your cups are going to break. Things are going to get messy. You're not going to know what you have. You're not going to know the good from the bad. It's all going to be a messy, hot mess. In my head, it is the same thing. I am clearing the way for abundance to come in, whether it's the physical by organizing our stuff, organizing our environment, getting rid of what we don't need anymore, doing what we do need, making physical room. So that's another thing too. Sometimes it's not just about the stuff. Sometimes it's about the, the middle ground of the mental, emotional, physical side of making room. So one thing that I have not necessarily been consistent on was taking care of the palm trees every single night. It didn't matter the time. I don't like doing it in the morning because it makes me feel rushed and that's just not my jam. I'm like, nope, I'd rather take care of them at night. So instead of making physical room in our schedule for me to do my part and show up and go outside and turn the, fa the hot faucets on because we don't have the automatic sprinklers yet. So turn the faucets on, walk to every little plant, say, hello, plants. I love you. Thank you so much for growing and water them. If I don't physically make room in my schedule for that, then hmm, surprisingly, how is abundance supposed to come in? How is the thing that I'm wanting, requesting, throwing out into the universe, how is that going to become a reality? It can't. Part of it sometimes means you have to show up. And yes, there is always going to be a practical and there's always going to be a spiritual. I believe in both. So practically, I'm showing up by going outside, putting my muck boots on because I live in my muck boots. I, I'm just obsessed with them. They're the best 70, 80 bucks we've ever spent. Um, and going outside and watering the damn plants. And the emotional, the physical, or the emotional, the spiritual side of it is oh, okay, well, let me listen to one of my favorite podcasts. Let me listen to an episode from an old course that I've purchased in the past. Let me listen to something that inspires me, encourages me, helps me to grow. Also, the vibrations helps the plants, so there's that. But, like, let me go ahead and fully show up for the abundance that I'm trying to call in. And that in itself is a timeless principle. So if you take nothing away from this episode except for that, 
You need to figure out whatever that means for you, because for you, it's going to be different than it is for me. Not everyone is, again, obsessed with cleaning and binders, but you need to figure out how to fully show up and make room for the abundance that you're asking to come in. Because if you don't, shit's going to get real and it's going to suck. And the other part of that too, is that you will self-sabotage. So Sometimes it means you're self-sabotaging with your health. Sometimes it means you fumble clients because you don't have your shit together. Sometimes that means you just drop the ball. Sometimes that means you just feel overwhelmed and you're burnt out and you're like, oh, well, see, it proves my point. And this is such a limiting belief, but I, I mean, I've been there, so I can't judge, right? But the limiting belief is every time I grow, burnout is required. It's not true. Burnout is not required for every time you grow. If, again, if you make room for it, if you don't make room for it, then of course it's going to fucking burn you out and you're not going to be able to grow consistently easily. You're not going to be able to maintain the growth. You're not going to be able to learn and absorb the lessons, both physically and spiritually that you were meant to learn in that journey. You're always meant to grow. You're always meant to move forward. You're always meant to tap into whatever abundance means for you. Sometimes it can mean money. Sometimes it can mean time. Sometimes it can mean space. Sometimes it can mean love. Sometimes it can mean connection. So abundance doesn't always mean money. But if you don't make room for it, then how the fuck are you supposed to receive it? How are you supposed to hold on to it? How are you supposed to let it fill you up? Because that's what you're asking for. So I've used this analogy, example, whatever's right. I've used this one multiple times and it's the universe cafe. And if you're newer to the podcast, then basically cliff notes version, I forgot, I'll put it in the show notes. What episode I go into deeper about the universe cafe, but universe cafe is picture you going into an old school 50 diners cafe and you walk on in, you sit down and you have an old school chick you know, smacking her gum with her notepad saying, hey, what you want to order? And I for, I, like, I'll put the link in the show notes because there's this, like, I do like a 20 minute skit on it. And like, I was really into the character apparently, and I loved it. And I still haven't turned it into its own standalone thing, but bear with me. Go, go look at the show notes. You'll listen to that portion of it. It was amazing. I loved it. But basically you go into the universe cafe, you're sitting at this 50 style diner, you're at the Formica table, you've got Betty or whoever is your waitress coming up to you and she's smacking her gum and she's asking, what do you want? And then that's the equivalent of you saying, hi, I want meat. And she's like, okay, what meat? And you're like, I want cows. Okay. What type of cow? What part of the cow? Do you want organic? Do you want non-organic? It's that. And then, you know, okay, fine. Let's say you get to the point of, you know, putting in your order with the universe. Because basically, again, you're putting in your order at Universal Cafe or the Universe Cafe. But let's say you get to the point where you're like, hi, Betty, because her name's Betty today. I would like to have a Angus burger, medium rare. I'd like to have some French fries at the side. I'd like to have a chocolate milkshake because again, why never, like there's not a good time. There's never not a good time to have a chocolate milkshake, but I'd like a burger, medium rare, medium well, whatever. I'd like some French fries. I'd like a chocolate milkshake. And then for dessert, I'd like, you know, a hot slice of apple pie and some uh, ice cream on the side, please. And thank you. 
Okay, so that's a really clear order. So let's say you'd say that to Betty, and she's like, okay. And then she walks on back to the cook. And again, the cook in this scenario could be God, the universe, whatever, right? Betty is just the transporter of your requests, transporters of your prayers, transporters of your desires. So she goes to the cook and says, hey, Mags would like a burger. She wants it medium well, she or medium rare, whatevs. She wants french fries, she wants a chocolate shake, and then, hey, you know, so-and-so, she wants a piece of apple pie and some ice cream on the side when she's done with that. Cool, right? So you say you put your order, it gets cooked, it gets done, it comes to you, right? You're in the middle of eating. You're like, hmm, I really would like, I don't know, X, Y, and Z on top of it. Well, you tell Betty, she's like, okay. She tells the cook, he's like, okay. They bring out that plate to you. Now there's no room on your table because magically this is a super small table and there's no room on it. So if you don't take out your old plates and stack up your silverware and let Betty cart off the old plates that you don't need anymore, then how is she supposed to put the new order in front of you? She can't. Or even let's make this example even more clear. Say that you are having an assigned table so that every single time you put in your order at the Universe Cafe, that you sit down at that same table and you're like, hey, I want another order. Hey, I would like a new this. Hey, I would like steak today. Hey, I would like seafood today. Hey, I would like paella today. Hey, I'd like jambalaya today. Hey, I'd like, a, I don't know, chicken and dumplings today. Say you want all of those things, right? Those are probably all my favorite foods, but whatever. <laughs> Say you want all of those things but you never let anyone clear your plate or clear the table. So eventually your table is just gonna have to stack on top of each other over and over and over again to where it's A, disgusting, and B, it just falls, and C, it doesn't work. When in reality, when you are making room for your new abundance that you're calling in, the equivalent is letting them clear the table, letting them take the old plates, letting them take the old silverware, letting them even maybe take a break and pause and wipe down the table and sanitize it for you. You know, it, it's making room for the growth, for the abundance to come in, again, mentally, aka whatever is going on in the back of your brain and physically. Sometimes it's binders. Sometimes it's making space on your calendar. Sometimes it's asking for help because there's tons of times where I would have grown so much more faster and easily had I had asked for help. So there's always a physical aspect to us. There's always a emotional, mental, spiritual side of this. It's if you do one without the other and you're listening to this podcast, you're going to feel out of balance. You're going to feel like something's missing. And normally when it's something's missing is because you're only doing one side of it. So what I was doing, again, unconsciously, was the last three-ish months I've been calling in double our income, double our income. I'm going to Betty at the Universe Cafe and I'm saying, hey, I want a double our income. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I've put that order in 50,000 times by now. But yet I never let her clear the table to take out all the old plates. And this is where the lack mentality comes from. And I've suffered from it. I grew up, I hesitate saying the ghetto because the ghetto can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I know tons of people that had it so much worse than me. So I, I never want to belittle their experience or minimize their experience. But I grew up in what used to be a good neighborhood that turned into a super rough neighborhood. Let's, let's leave it at that, right? And so I deeply in certain areas of my life have struggled with, oh, well, I have to keep on to it because it could go away. Because there was times where things did go away. There was times where 
you know, I had to put off dreams or desires or I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that because there just wasn't enough, whether it was enough time, whether it was enough money, whatever. It was always, you know, there was always something to have lack and fear around. So again, a good chunk of my 20s was, well, I'm going to hold on to everything. I'm going to be the dinosaur or the, no, the dragon in the scenario. And I'm going to hoard all of this because I remember what it was like to not have it. When in reality, I needed to learn and I learned over time that it's not about hoarding the thing. So whatever the thing could be, it could be food for you because there was a time where, oh my God, there was such a time where I hoarded food, not in a bad sense, but like I got part of that, you know, um, oh God, what was it? It was the couponing peoples. So I got really, really into the couponing. And I'm talking, I had two, like legitimately two five inch binders organized by letter, full, fucking full, stacked, full of coupons. I was a person that I could go to 15 different stores and I would get paid to buy toothpaste at the end of it. I hoarded things and I hoarded it because my thought process was, well, if I have enough supplies on hand, doesn't matter what our income looks like, I can support my family. I can do my part to take care of the family. I may not have been good at hustling on the side like Ben was, but we'll at least have toothpaste for the next six months. We'll have cat snacks. We'll have dog treats. We'll have microwave meals. We'll have this. We'll have that. I've done my part on what I'm able to do to support my family. So in reality, or again, hindsight, being an adult, growing up, growing through it, what it was, the lesson I needed to learn when it came to lack mentality was to recognize that hoarding the thing, whatever the thing is, doesn't actually solve the problem. It doesn't. It, it, it just it flat out doesn't. Hoarding the thing does not solve the problem. Recognizing your ability to recreate that thing over and over and over again and strengthening that ability is where the gold is. And there's probably like five fucking quotes in this thing that I'll totally eventually one day have a VA listen to and take them out and turn them into cups, which I'll get into later on. But like, that's the thing. So instead of thinking, instead of, let me make it more clear for you. Instead of having the mindset or the reality or the mantra that I have to hold on to this, I have to hold on to this, I have to hold on to this because I'll never be able to recreate it again, whether you're conscious of it or not. That is the equivalent of fear mentality. I have to hold on to it because I don't know, I don't trust myself, I don't believe that I'll ever be able to recreate this again. Instead of I am so smart, I am so awesome, I'm willing to put the work in, I'm willing to see things differently, I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to fail, I'm willing to get back up over and over again, and that is how I trust myself to recreate the thing over and over again. So for me, you can hear in my voice that most likely it was money. So obviously, money felt very unstable at one point in our lives, so I made it quote-unquote more stable by hoarding all of this food hoarding all of these, you know, oh my God, there was one point I had probably 200 cat snacks and I was like, okay, this is a little too much. Like the cats can't eat this many snacks without like exploding from snackage. But like we had so much abundance and that was the only thing that made me feel safe because money didn't feel safe. Tangible goods felt safe. Toothpaste felt safe. Cat snacks felt safe. Microwave meals felt safe. Frozen whatever's felt safe, but money didn't feel safe. So Instead of learning at that time in my life that no, my superpower, the golden nugget, my the thing I need to bet on is that 
I have the ability to make money over and over and over again. I may make money differently than Ben. That is okay. Both of us do really good things differently. And that's why we work so well as a couple together. But I am really good at making money in X, Y, and Z way. So instead of saying that money doesn't feel safe, money doesn't feel reliable, I have to hoard all these things. It is no, let me lean on my strength of making money over again. Let me take a part-time job if that was an option. Let me do fucking, I don't know, X, Y, and Z. Let me do, instead of hoarding shit, like I would have, and this is so whatever, right? But I would have literally had a better return had I had just spent time doing surveys, using swag books, and then using that money to go do X, Y, and Z. Use it and pay it into PayPal, pay it into Amazon, pay it into, I don't know, a Walmart gift card, whatever the scenario was. My time would have been better spent, our money would have been better spent, had I had just done that, had I had figured out, you know, maybe I could do some cleaning for some other people because I really like cleaning. Maybe I could take on a, I don't know, landscaping thing and I could landscape, you know, I could landscape around the neighborhood, whatever the scenario was. Instead of trusting myself that I had a skill that I could create over and over and over again, I hoarded onto the thing. So that's what I talk, that, talk about. That's what I mean in regards to like, you got to let yourself clear the plates. And if you're afraid to clear the plates, I want you to go back and I want you to focus and I want it to beat it into your brain over and over and over again, that the thing isn't what makes you safe. It is you that makes you safe. Um, there's a course, I, I don't know if I talked about it in the last episode, but I'm going to most likely record most of it on my birthday. No, I, I did talk about it a little bit. It's called Betting on Me. I'm obsessed with it. I've been trying to figure out the name of this course, the anchor for it, for the last two and a half years. My eyebrow lady is probably sickening me talking about the same thing over and over again every time I see her. But, like, I need you to understand that there's no more needs to hoard things because you're betting on you. You know, and this is how I think of it in my head, right? Betting on me means this. Betting on me means I know I will do the work. I know I will put in the effort. I know I am willing and open to see things differently. I am willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to fall. I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to get back up. I'm willing to cry. I'm willing to laugh. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to what I want. I am willing to bet on me because I know I will not quit. That is what I want you to focus on. Not oh my God, this could all go away tomorrow. Because it could. It totally could all go away tomorrow. But if you have the confidence that you can rebuild it again, it's just a minor inconvenience. It's a bump in the road. It's not something catastrophic, catastrophic that wipes you out forever. So in the bigger picture, again, looking at the bigger layer upon layer upon layer of all of this, there's a reason why I was so obsessed with cleaning. I needed to literally clear my way into abundance. I needed to clear my mindset and let go of the past. Say, I honor you. I am grateful. I appreciate everything you've done because you have made me into the woman I am today. And I am here because of it. But I'm willing to put you to bed so that I can learn the next evolution of me. I become the next evolution of who I'm supposed to be. I can reach the next evolution of what I want. I can call in the abundance and I can actually handle it this time without burnout, without anxiety, without hoarding, without any of the bad things because I know that I am willing to bet on me. I am willing to get clarity in all of this. So that is what the obsessive cleaning has taught me in the last couple of weeks. So with that being said, 
There's a couple of little uh, things I want to talk about before I give you the journal prompts because I got, I didn't even number them. I have like six, seven, eight journal prompts for y'all. So one thing I've done, which I'm obsessed with, is I started creating merch. So I talked about the coffee mugs. That was not necessarily intentional. It was, but it wasn't, right? So I have been, no joke, collecting coffee mugs since I was probably like 12 or 13. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. The cute ones, the funny ones, the ones I have. Like right now, my vibe is mantras and phrases on them. So I created merch for the podcast. I've got right now, as of this episode, I've got six mugs live. Uh, link will be in the show notes. They're live on Etsy. I'm so excited. Over time, I'm going to take all my quotes. I might even take journal prompts and put them on the mugs. I'll take those quotes, journal prompts, all that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to turn that into blankets. I'm going to turn that into posters. I'm going to turn that into, I don't know, things I can't even think about right now. But I am so excited to have merch. I am so excited that someone somewhere can use my cup can use my poster, can use my hoodie, can use my blanket to anchor themselves into the reality that they want. Because right now, one of the mugs, like the mug I actually have in my hand right now, it's a mug that I bought a couple years ago. And it says, it's been one of those days for three years now. And when I bought it, I bought it in a snarky ma- mindset and manner because I'm like, yeah, it's been a shitty couple of years, blah, blah, blah. Because in the past, it had been kind of rough and shitty. But now I'm like, no, I look at that mug and it's got my hot cocoa in it. And I'm like, no, it has been one of those days for the last three years now. It's been a really good fucking day. It's been a day full of challenge, full of growth, full of abundance, full of showing up. And I am really fucking happy, really, really, really fucking happy that the last three years have been like that. So for me, mugs have always been a way to center myself, even at work. Like I have, it's so bad. I have this one mug. It's like a glass of milk and it's a half eaten cookie. And it said, oh God, something along the lines about um, dunking a cookie and then like holding it under until the bubble stop or whatever. Like it's so dark, but it makes me laugh. And like, so mugs have always been a part of my reality. Um, And so I was really excited. I created some merch. I have it. If you want to support the show, go grab some merch, dig into a course, but I'm obsessed and I love it. And I hope you love them just as much as me. And the other thing I want to ask of you, if you've made it this far, then you are like literally a true believer. But if you've made it this far, I want to know what you want to use to communicate because I've really, I've always been honest about this. I've always struggled with social media because it feels like a very one-way street to me, and I don't like that. It doesn't feel timeless. It doesn't feel like there's a back-and-forth conversation. The only time I've ever felt like that was in Facebook groups. And there's a couple of book Facebook groups that I belong to that every time I step into the group, like by clicking on it, I feel like I have joined the party. I feel like all my people are there. I have just loved and I've always been obsessed with Facebook groups. But I was listening to a podcast this morning and like this Gen Zer said, basically Facebook is where you talk to your grandma on. So I am open and willing to hear you and see how do you want to communicate with me? Do you want to communicate on TikTok? Because I'm on TikTok. Do you want to communicate on Insta? Do you want to do Facebook groups and be like, yeah, fuck this shit. We're old school. Let's just do some Facebook groups. I am open to all of your suggestions. If there's another platform that I don't even know about, that would be way better send it to me. I don't care how you get it to me. Find me on the socials. Find me on my website, info at margaretstevens.co. If you want to email me, I don't care how you get to me, but email me, tell me, message me, 
your favorite way of communicating. So then that way we can kind of make this community a more tight-knit community. You can support each other along with me supporting you because I love what I do. I love seeing the notes. I love seeing the the stats and all of that, but it feels very one way. And I want to make sure it's more of a, a conversation versus versus like a preach. I don't want to preach at you. I want to converse with you. So help me converse with you. Okay. With that being said, the PSAs are done. Let's do the journal prompts. So journal prompt number one is what area is bothering the crap out of you to clean? What area is bothering the crap out of you to clean? Can't say that word today. <laughs> journal prompt number two, what feels neglected? Journal prompt number three, what are your blocks right now? Now let's go back. So what feels neglected? So for me, those papers, those business papers really felt neglected and they really were weighing on me. Uh, a block literally was my desk because it was so messy. I couldn't even work on it. It was not to Maggie's standards. So that's what I mean by the neglected and the blocks. So journal prompt number four, is what's not supporting you in your income goals? Is it the way you work? Is it your mindset? Is it that you don't have multiple streams of income? Like what is not supporting you in your income goals? Is it you can't communicate it with your spouse and they think you're a crazy person? What What is it? Number, general prompt number five, what are you not consistent in? Or where are you not consistent? Let's go with that one. Where are you not consistent? So is it that you're like me, that you didn't, fully plan that an hour every single night you're going to go outside and you're going to talk to the plants and you're going to love to plants where are you not consistently showing up and consistent doesn't mean you have to do it every single day consistent just means that if it was a wave it would be a nice gentle rolling wave it wouldn't be like a fucking tsunami where you you have these amazing peaks and horrible valleys right so where are you not consistent all right journal prompt number six i told you this was a big one what story are you telling yourself that's holding yourself back? So I share deeply about my fear and lack mentality of having, you know, some not so awesome experiences growing up just because of the neighborhood I grew up in. You know, what, what are your versions of that? Where are you holding yourself back? Uh, journal prompt number seven, where are you just playing fed up with yourself and why? So what's bothering you? Where are you like, oh my God, I should be over this. I should be better than this. I can't believe this is what's taking me out right now. What is that? If we can identify it, we can change it, right? And then the last one, journal prompt number eight. What are you willing to do differently to change your future? Me, I am always, and I've always said that, and I will always say this. I am open and willing to see things differently. I'm willing to try something new. I'm willing to experience something new. I'm willing to change my mindset. I'm willing sometimes to even change my beliefs on something so that I can call in. I can actually have room for the future that I want. So hence why I was doing all the cleaning. So what is it for you? What are you willing to do differently? Whether it's spiritual, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, what are you willing to do differently to change your future? And with that being said, I love you. I want to communicate with you. Help me figure out the best way to communicate. And please kind of secretly hoping it's a Facebook group because I'm so obsessed with my Facebook groups. But if it's not, I'm open and willing to see differently on that too. So I love you. Have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good whatever. Do the prompts. Let me know if you have any questions. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? 
Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.